You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, sexymarriage.net. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Happy almost Halloween to the Sexy Marriage Nation. Oh. <laughs> oh. Sound effects brought to you by my wife, Pam. Yeah, yeah, I'm not very good at that. <laughs> this is Sexy Marriage Radio, where one of the topics we're covering today, actually a couple of them we might be talk- talking about today, are in the realm of Halloween and the illusion and the fantasy and... All of the stuff that can come alongside that. All right. That's exciting. And one of the things I'm excited about, this came from um, one of the members of my mastermind groups, that he was proposing something to his wife, and I told him, hey, I think we probably are on the wrong month, because as October comes to an end, what comes next is Blovember. Didn't. That's all I get from you? That's all you're getting from me. Oh, swinging a mess. I got to hear these conversations, and I think it was funny. I think I'm actually the one that called it Blovember. You Thank were. You. you you helped name I'm it. I'm taking now, credit for it. Now that means it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and so, if, if you want to get... <laughs> so the guy's trying to convince his wife there's an actually a month for this, right? Right, if absolutely. To- I, I, I think that... In, that is what the Sex Imagination, the men of the Sex Imagination, we that's that's my call to to act. Anyway, this is Sexy Marriage Radio. Yeah, guys, he's going to come to battle for you. So <laughs> Thanks for taking some time out, out of your day to spend it with us. Where we love hearing from the Sexy Imagination and the way they do that is 214-702-9565 is our voicemail line where you can call, leave us a message or feedback to any kind of the comments we make. And we love when the Sexy Imagination chimes in to help each, help each other. Uh, you can also send an email, fee, uh, feedback at sexyemergeradio.com, or record record an episode, or record a voicemail and send it to us in the same email. All of that helps get us content that we can then answer for you to help make your life even that much more alive. Yeah, yeah. We'd like to address specific topics so this is more real for you and is pertinent to you as listeners. Yep. And in case you missed it, last week we rolled out um, the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy two tiers of yeah. one, sign up for just the extended content only, or go all the way with us and join the Academy, which gets the extended content plus the coaching call, the private community the virtual hangouts and all the other things that will be coming along as, as this unfolds even right. more extended content, meaning just the extended podcast. Yeah. You get the extended episodes, you get a private unique feed that shows up in your podcast player of choice every week when episodes air. And so coming up on today's regular version, which is the free version of sexy marriage radio, lots of your questions and lots of our answers. And on the extended version, which is deeper and twice as long, you can subscribe at sexymarriage.net. You can listen to a more in-depth conversation where we're going to talk about the dynamic differences between masculine and feminine and how that plays out in your life, but mm-hmm. also how do you utilize that better in your marriage and in your sex life. Right. Glad you're here. It's coming up on today's show. 
Hi, first off, I'm a longtime listener of the show and have seen my marriage become stronger and deeper and in intimacy as a result. So thank you so much for all that you do. I'm calling today after listening to episode number 382. I want to address the caller that signed off as I got to beat the 5%. Any problem we have in life has to be addressed in truth if we expect to see change. And I would say that seeing this as a 5% problem is in fact an underlying issue that prevents change. Truthfully, our souls can't be viewed as segregated parts or our problems as percentages. Uh, we're much more complex than that, of course. But if we're to grant the language used in order to describe the problem, I think he's being entirely too gracious. If we're giving out grades, there's no way I would give him or anyone that's chatting with another woman and talking about possible hookups as 95%. That's not A-level husbandry. Think about it. What grade would you really give that? The secular world as you referred to, Corey, or I think Pam more accurately identified it as Satan for anyone with a Christian worldview, would love, absolutely love for us to view our lives like this. Then we can walk around self-deceived thinking we're doing better than we really are. Truly, it looks as if he's walked the inevitable route of choosing evil repeatedly and is naturally further down the road. He's long past the part of being tempted by a trigger and needing to turn it to his wife. Should he do that? Of course, yes. Is that great advice? Yes, of course. But I think there is a disservice done to the listening audience to equate what he described with as being tempted by a trigger. Triggers are not avoidable, and they'll happen all the time. But if we're triaging the caller, he's past that point. The treatment of an injury must match the severity of it. All men and women should heed the great advice to direct their triggers toward their spouse. But for this caller and for those listening, what is the best way forward when trust is broken, the temptation has repeatedly been chosen, and the affair has become a reality? Um, thank you very much for taking my call. God bless. I love the sexy marriage nation and the fact that they help one another, question one another. Mm-hmm. And push this thing forward. Agreed. <laughs> so the question is, tell me if I'm hearing it the way you're hearing it, Pam. Okay. The question is, what do you do when trust has been repeatedly broken and you move forward as the person who has been the damaged party from the trust, the hurt party? Yes, or is it the five? The, the well, I think she's also talking about him. That uh, my my takeaway from it is that it's you can't just walk away from a trigger, right? right. Okay, and and right. he's saying that well, we're ninety five percent great, but it's just this five percent. Well, no, if you repeatedly do that, there's something more than five percent that's an issue in your marriage, and okay. maybe all of that is from you. Right. Okay. Well, and that's where you got to look at this through two different dynamics. One is the relationship as a whole, and then the other is individuals as a whole. Because she's she talked about it's not ninety five percent husbandry that's mm -hmm. going on. That's not a level husbandry, and I like that. That's a good framework mm -hmm. because it is something deeper than more than just five percent in his life. If this is a repeated thing. This is a struggle that's much deeper that 
likely includes more than just the dabbling in the chats and the possible hookups. Right. And to go back to the listeners, in case you've forgotten it, this, he had some, um, a work event. It yep. happened the same time every year. There's three different times of trying to set up a At the same work event. So we're connection. like, well, stop going. I, right. I still think that, yes, you, triggers can be avoided because if you know a, something typically is an issue for you, you can avoid that. Right. Um, there's always going to be something else that can come up that you can't avoid. Right. But if you know that there's a tripping point for you, yeah, you can avoid that. Yeah. Um, but... So, so you got to be proactive in, in that. And that's where the husband and wife have to, it's got to be, everything is a total open book. Right. It's got to be a total open book. And as far as a relational level goes, I think you have to look at this as if the trust has repeatedly been broken, then it comes down to, in the, the wife in this case has to ask herself, what is it about him that's not about me because that's the whole concept of if, if there's an affair or any kind of betrayal, or even we use this counsel with porn usage, when you discover your spouse's porn usage, one of the questions you have to examine is this is not about me. This is about my spouse. It it's is. not that if I'm, if I get better than 95%, he'll stop trying to do these hookups. Yeah. But I still look at it from the spouse perspective. If this has happened three times now, I'm going back and looking at myself and saying, why am I putting up with this? That's the, that's the question. Yeah. And so then there's this whole reevaluation of myself, not, not thinking that I'm the cause of this, but thinking, why am I putting up with this? Right. And what am I going to change in my life to, to set, um, I don't like a stake in the ground, draw a line in the sand and say this, I'm not putting up with this. Right. This is it. This is the, no more or, I mean, because a lot of times what we do whenever we are hurt is we overreact to it. And some of that seems totally understandable. How could you do this? How did this happen? Right? That, because we're just trying to, we want to, we want to save and salvage what we've got. But being willing to step back and go, what is it about my partner that repeatedly allows them to do this to themselves? One. And then two. What is it about me that repeatedly allows this to, to happen to me? Yeah. Why do I put up with this? Yeah, it's time for me to stand up for what myself. What do I need to shift? Because sometimes what will happen is the cycle of a couple gets, something comes out, there's, there's hurt, there's pain, there's frustration, and you take a distant step from each other. Mm-hmm. You sleep in separate rooms, you sleep, it's, it's cold, it's quiet. Uh, sometimes even a person could move out. Um, but it, it, there's a big difference. But generally then we start talking and you start coming back together, but you still haven't really addressed not what's going on between you, but you haven't addressed what you're seeing of each other. Okay. Because the difference being, look, this is a repeated thing and I'm not going to continue to subject myself to this is a dramatic different way to approach this rather than I'm just really hurt. How could you, you need to make this up to me you know, and all is forgiven or yeah, whatever. So it's each of you being willing to stand more firmly on your own two feet to confront it for yourself. And then the relationship is the difference. Hi guys, Scott from the Buckeye state here. Uh, big fan of the podcast Been listening over the last year. Uh, and it's been awesome. Um, so my wife and I 
are mid-30s, married, committed, Christian couple, um, brought up with fairly conservative values. But recently, we're taking a look at our family and seeing that it's full of, you know, infidelity and divorce across the board, parents, grandparents, aunts, and uncles. And at some point, you have to start questioning the pattern and say, how's this working for you? So we have been on a bit of a journey, uh, especially when it comes to sex and educating ourselves and trying to work out how to make this thing really work for us long term. And we found real intimacy in revealing things and the acceptance and exploration of some of these ideas, again, between the two of us inside the boundaries of our marriage, um, but it's brought it in and made us feel closer. So listening to the interview with Dr. Slattery, I just found myself pushing back against a lot of what she was saying about thoughts and fantasies and her points about keeping it out of the marriage, uh, you know, more or less don't play with fire, you're going to get burned, um, is honestly exactly what I used to think. And the only problem is that never caused any of it to go away. I just kept it all outside of the marriage relationship and in shame. And so um, your past episodes with Shannon on this topic were huge in helping take some of the weirdness off of this issue uh, for me, but I really felt like Dr. Slattery was taking a completely different stance on it. So long story short, I'm curious to hear you all elaborate more on that. And then maybe also some thoughts on about how married couples can help sort out the way that their upbringing and our culture and the religion um, are affecting what happens in their own bedroom. So that's my comment. Thanks again for what you do. And we'll keep listening. Thank you, Scott, uh, for for calling in. Uh, I'm glad you did because it was funny. I was listening um, to the episode and the interview and and I was thinking along the same lines. Um, you know, she did take a very different slant than what Shannon had had always um, shared with her expertise in the field of fantasy. Um, it was interesting because there were some things that I know in my own mind, fantasy and such, that Corey and I have discussed that were just the two of us, between the two of us, um, that I've had struggles along the way. Now, I don't know that it struggles, just, just question or whatever the case may be. Um, and in listening to that interview, I, I thought the same thing. Oh, oh well, her, her advice would have been, mm, yep, you need to shut that down. And I don't know that that was, is necessarily the case for us and how we had to handle, need to handle it. Um, but it's, it is interesting. There's there's different points of view for everything mm-hmm. going on. So Corey, I'm curious. So that's that's your episode three eighty five that we're talking about. So it was last week's episode, and it's interesting because I remember as we were recording that conversation, um, kind of hearing a little bit of the different path it was heading down, but I didn't hear it to that degree of shut it down. I heard it more on is that something we should share or not, and she's of the opinion outside of alongside some professional help that can help unpack some of it, maybe, you don't share it. And I can understand that to a degree. I think I'm going to lean more towards where Sexy Marriage Radio has always been in that our fantasies are not something necessarily we should be afraid of. 
because they're a part of what our brain does. It's a part of how the brain heals itself. It's a part of what adds vibrancy and eroticism and energy and novelty to life. And it can get, uh, it, you can get into an er- area where you do play with fire. Absolutely. Of how close are your fantasies to actually happening? What do they lead you towards? How many other things are involved in it that are the slippery slope, that are the edgy things? But if we keep it in a relationship context, um, what I think of when you're talking about the world of fantasies is sharing a fantasy actually is a true way to intimacy. It's a true, I'm sharing more of me, even some of the stuff that maybe isn't politically correct of me, and I'm sharing that with you. And while in the short term, that can create a lot of issue. Because there can be the reaction by the spouse of, whoa, I didn't want to know that. Or now I've ta- now you're tainted <laughs> with, with the way I view when we're in situations again. Or when we're in the throes of sex and now I'm wondering, where's your head? And where are you? Know, where are you? And, and so there, there are some pitfalls to it. I get it. But then aren't you being the more authentic you? Because now it, it's... I think that's what it is. It's out here on the table, right? And the interesting thing is, because to build off of what Shannon has taught on Sexy Emerge Radio for the the length of the four and a half years she was here, and she talked about fantasies, repeated fantasies, and fantasies are the brain's attempt to heal itself. And there's a lot of research that that points towards that. So I'll I'll agree with that. But there's also another component of fantasy we've not really talked about much on Sexy Emerge Radio other than short in, in in the near past, where... There is a component of exploration and things that you have in your brain that you're not going to ever act on. But the fact that you have them, are they something to be feared? And I think the component of revealing them is a way to bring more morality to it because it's more exposure of you rather than the hidden parts of us that we typically try to keep at bay. And try to control or steer when the more I keep it hidden, the more t- difficult it is to steer. Okay. So I think there's a component. And again, you have to hear this very, very clearly. Sharing fantasies with a spouse can cause some upheaval in the short term. Because there, there is a component of what you, once you have said it, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. It's out there. Yeah. So now is a chance to see how mature and grown up are each members of this relationship to handling life on that level. And that's the, that's the struggle. And a lot of what religion has done, which is what Scott alluded to, is how do we deal with this with, with the more conservative mm-hmm. or unknowledgeable background? And a lot of the way religion has tried to handle this is just squash it. It doesn't exist. It's like, like it's not even there. And whether it's a implicit, it's bad, or it's just kind of a suggested it's bad, it's easily taken that way if it's not addressed. Mm-hmm. Which I think one of the reasons Sexy Marriage Radio has become what it is, is because we're willing to address all of these things. We don't have clear cut, this is the exact way you're supposed to do it answers on a lot of these things, but let's at least explore it and talk about it. Yeah, that sounds like for Scott's situation, that's been obviously clear. I mean, they're looking at what's what's the history in our family. 
what have we seen? What's our family of origin? And hey, here's some things that have helped us. Right. And we're hearing advice to the contrary now. Um, right. What do I do with that? Which so this is that concept of you you take some you take what it is that lines up with you and where you are and you see as helpful, and you run with it. And the stuff that you see is you know what my experience has been different. Okay, you discard it. Mm-hmm. It's just a different point of view. Yeah. Hey guys, I have a question for you. With Halloween just around the corner, uh, my question is about the phenomenon of sexy Halloween. And uh, how do you guys see that 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 can be incorporated into a, a couple's life? Um, you know, it's, it's the time of year when there's lots of costumes and stuff like that available, uh, and whether that uh, be possibly for uh, role play or fantasy, that kind of thing. Just interesting getting your thoughts on how the pho- phenomena of sex Halloween can be incorporated in a couple's life, um, where that might fit. Thanks. So now we'll go on the opposite extreme. <laughs> See, I think that's super fun. You have, yes. You, you've got the Halloween stores open. you got all kinds of costumes that are not very expensive. If you like that kind of thing, mm-hmm. just pick up a couple little surprise ones that you can have weird sexy Halloween or mm-hmm. encounters at various times in the year, whether it be a, you know, Santa's well, little so this, elf costume let, Let's or go at this for, for a, a quick... Um, is there anything wrong, quote unquote, with role play in a marriage when both parties are completely on board? Is this anything that's in the too dicey, slippery slope category versus, no, explore it, have some fun with it, see where it could lead you, How you know, enjoy this? It, uh, well, maybe I'm looking at this too innocently, but come on, if it's a husband and wife, you're having fun together. You're not doing anything out of your um, either of you's realm. No, go right. for it. That's totally fun. Um, I would, you know, don't wear the sexy French maid costume with your boobs sticking out, walking down the street at Halloween with all the little kids to see. <laughs> don't it. go trick or treating. <laughs> don't go trick or treating yes. with the kids. Do your trick or treating behind closed doors with just you and your spouse. But I think that's totally fun. Sure. If that's if that's something that that you guys like to do, nothing. Um, I, I think it does add spice and variety and novelty to to play those kinds of roles to 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 edge into that realm a little bit and see what can be created. What kind of spark comes from that for both of you? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. It's a great so. thing. Hey, Corey, I was listening to an episode, and you had mentioned in passing that as husbands, we should pursue our wives as someone we wanted to pick up and kind of flirt with them and try to pick them up like a pickup artist. I grew up out in the country, didn't have a lot of experience dating and stuff before my wife wanted to see if I could get you to do an episode giving us lessons on how to speak to our wives flirty, how to try and pick them up, ways that they might be a little unexpected to be talked to. I appreciate it. Okay. So, how to speak flirty to your wife 101. I'd sure like to hear this, Courtney. <laughs> Well, I'm going to throw in a couple things off the bat, right? So, because okay. this isn't just, um, I don't think about speaking flirty. Um, how, to, how, to, how to pick up someone is more about your overall demeanor right. and attitude. But right. then I'm thinking about uh, when, we were, when we were dating, 
there was there was intention. There was intention for, are we going to go on a date? If mm-hmm. we're going to go on a date, we were mindful and and hopefully he, he already knew where to go beforehand. There He'd was already a plan. planned it. Yeah, yeah, there was a plan. There was a total plan. It was intentional. It was hey, where might be fun for us to have a little adventure? Or Which, where, let's let's where's confirm the re- restaurant Pam might like. Let's confirm that point just real quick because that is a an, an important aspect of this. Is you. If you're going to take the lead and set a tone in your marriage, which is the way I want to take this context, okay, of it's more than just flirty talk. It's being a good lead. It's setting a good tone. Yeah. And so one of the one of the components of this is you have to have a plan, and then you can't be attached to the outcome of that plan solely. You have to be able to call aud- audibles and pivot as the things unfold. Yeah. Because sex may or may not occur, and that doesn't mean it was a disaster if you had a plan. Well, because right? okay. it can be, it, you know, and that's where a lot of guys, because this is the, if you, if you read the game mentality stuff out there, which is the, how to be a good, how to pick up women, that it, it really is largely using women as a commodity, and the goal and the outcome is getting laid. And if you try to transfer that terminology and text and all of that that they use, the keys in there to marriage, it's not going to work because it's not just any women you want to pick up. It's your wife you want to pick up. Well, this isn't for a one night stand. Exactly. Right. And this was, if we're talking about uh, lessons on picking up someone um, in, in this scenario, it's again, the long game. Yep. And, so, I, it's yeah, it's not just about arousal. It's about love and respect and intimacy and right. And um, it's and it's also one deeper. of those when if you all of a sudden read um, how how to pick up women one hundred and one from something you buy off of Amazon, and then or you start trying to use Men's those Health lines, magazine or something. You start using those lines on your wife. She's gonna go. What are you doing? What is that? Because it's it's usually so out of character. Because it's a line, it's not your presence, it's not you. Yeah. And so one of the components of this is you also have to recognize this is a demeanor, this is a confidence, this is a swagger a little bit, this is a presence of you in your in her life and how you interact, how you lead, how you guide, how you instigate things. So it's more than just what you say. It's yeah. also what you do. And so it's worth noting, this This is just some of the things that kind of help. Being able to say the right things help. And a lot of this means just how do you add a little edge, a little cr- crassness could be part of it, depending on the demeanor between the two of you and the relationship. But it's this is where Dr. Glover, if you go back in the archives of Sexy Marriage Radio, he used the, he used the concept of blurting, which is where you just say what's on your mind. I just can't wait to be with you tonight. I can't wait until we get to have sex again. I can't wait till I get to cuddle up next to you naked. You know, just something. You just say what's on your mind. That it's just a blurt coming from you. But you have to be living a confident life and a presence that shows it's not just that that I want with my wife. It's an entirety of a relationship that I want with my wife. That's how it adds more weight. Fair? Fair. Because otherwise it becomes, oh, here we go. Well, I'm thinking things of, uh, you referred to a lot of what sounded like sexual things to say. I'm thinking, get her door all the time. 
Oh, romantic gestures. Yes. Yeah, yeah and that, that's a component too. Yeah. Treat her like if, you know, if I'm trying to impress her and think of it this in this regard, if I'm dating someone, I'm trying to impress their dad, her dad. Right. What would I do if her dad was sitting there watching me? Okay. Um, yeah, maybe that's a terrible example <laughs> well, for some of you listening because well, he but, was a total slug, but, um, you know, yeah. that's kind of my thought of what is it that she likes, enjoys, and maybe pepper that in here and there that, Hey, I, I really do care about what you care about. I'd like to, I'd like to woo you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole thing that I think a lot of times us husbands forget that our wife is a woman. And so there's some things we can do that are part of the romantic and the sexual dynamic that can add a little spice to it by the way we conduct ourselves with her, that you treat her like a queen. You treat her as a precious partner in your life. She's not just co-parent and co-manager mm-hmm. of the finances and the housework and the yard work and all the different components that life un- involves. She's also somebody that you, she's your lover. And, and you, use, you utilize that dynamic and you make sure it's not, it's all of it and it's parts of it. It's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. So here's, here's one thing to think of too. And this is a little bit from the school of, of middle school, if you will, that uh, some of the components that I use for, with husbands in the mastermind groups that, that, that we run is you look for ways to instigate, isolate, and escalate with your wife. Okay. Examples. Okay. So instigate is just the same. It's just the idea of how do I instigate something? How do I get a response from her, a reaction, a, a I'm digging you kind of a thing. I like you. And it's not just a sexual thing. It can be a laughter. It can be a, a sigh. It can even be the sound effects my wife gives to my lame jokes on the air, you know, the wah, 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 you know, <laughs> those kinds of things. So it's, it's, if, I think of this in middle middle school context. When you have these feelings towards somebody, you don't know what to do with them, so you pick on them, right? So we right. tell our kids that. Well, it's very likely they may like you. That's why they keep messing with you, yeah. right? And they don't know how to handle that feeling. Well, as an adult, I'd like to think we're a little bit more sophisticated middle schoolers, sometimes just a little bit more. But the whole goal is if you're into your wife, and then the reverse is still true, you're into your husband, Figure out ways to instigate that and let them know. Well, so, that's what he's asking us to tell him. Okay. Well, right. I'm, I'm giving the framework. Okay. Because giving you phrases doesn't matter if that's not who you are. Right? So instigate was one. Isolate was the other. And this is how do you find time and opportunities to get her out of her routine? A text message is an easy way. Because you steal her from whatever's going on. And hopefully then you, you do something. Hey, you know what I was just thinking about? And hopefully she then, in a short span or whenever it takes her, no, what? And now you've just pulled her out of whatever she was doing for a moment. And you don't want to monopolize her in that isolation. But you want to figure out ways to get her alone. So it's 
some of it's the mental space. Some of it's the phone call. Some of it also is, this is what I would do with, with Pam when we had little ones for sure around. It would be like, hey, can I see you in the back of the house real quick? And she'd come back and I'd, I'd maybe have something I'd want to share. Or it could just be I wanted to hug her or, hey, I hadn't seen you all day. I want to kiss you. And it's just a, a, a short moment together. And then we go back on with our day yeah, or our evening. So it's just I'm trying to steal a little time. This works really well on date nights. Steal time away with her. Yeah. And then the last one is escalate, which is see what, see how you can move it to the next depth of connection. And that can be emotional. That can be mental. That can be sexual. That can be physical. That's where the brush by comes by. That's where the hug. That's where the kiss. That's where the trying to escalate things. That's where the, a really good move, uh, I didn't get a name, he didn't tell us a name, but when you're on a date night that you've planned out with your wife really well, and you even maybe even have told her, because you could be married to somebody that likes to know what's going on, well, throw an audible in there and stop to get coffee. Don't tell her, just do it. Go some way, on your, when you're on your way home and it's kind of a no, no, we're probably heading home, she turn and go a different way and stop and do something else. That's an escalation. That's playing off of the unknown. That can help. I like that one. Well done. Well, I will have to make sure I do this one again in the near future. Yeah. But, but it's, it's a framework is the best way to do this. And then whatever it is you say that's flirty talk is part of your normal demeanor with her too. Your normal dynamic with her too. Well, what your thoughts are already. You're sharing those. Mm-hmm. So it's not a line. It's a sharing of you. Okay. And we're going to leave it at that. Well, this has been fun. It has. I like the whole world of sexy Halloween <laughs> and how that leads into Blowvember. Uh, everybody, enjoy your Halloween. <laughs> enjoy your Blowvember if you choose to celebrate that. <laughs> what do you mean choose to? It's a must as part of Sexy Marriage Nation. Well, if we left something undone, 214-702-9565 is how you let us know. Dude, you guys were way off on that. And if you have feedback to any of the comments we've made um, in the regular version or the extended version, uh, please give us a call. We'd love to hear your voice. I can even alter the voice if we need to so that no one else knows it's you. Well, this has been Sexy Merge Radio. Wherever you are, whatever you've been doing to take a little time out of your day, thank you for spending it with us. Mm -hmm. And we will see you next time.